Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Michael on from Yellowbird, and we'll be learning about the business case, the use case for why his prospects and customers purchase Yellowbird. So let's just jump right into it. Michael, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself and Yellowbird? Sure. Happy to do it. Thank you. Um, so I'm Michael Zell. I'm excited to be here and uh, tell you about my journey and, and Yellowbird. A um, little bit about me before I get into Yellowbird itself. Uh, I am a lifelong uh Techie geek. I've been in technology my entire life. Um, most technology that I've been in started when I was 16 years old and I was selling computers. Uh, I just fell into that job, right place at the right time. And uh, it was many moons ago. I, I was fortunate enough to be part of, a, um, of an internet startup just after that which was in 1994-95. So it's giving you a little bit of an understanding of how old I am. Um, um, and that's the beginning of PCs, uh, the beginning yeah. of the personal com- uh, computer movement. Uh, yes. Michael yes. Dell and, and uh, all, these, all these folks. Uh, Mark Cuban, one of his first companies was, was building computers. So yes. you're, yes. you're, you're, you're way ahead of your time. That's fantastic. Yeah, I wish I could take credit for it. It was really, um, I have a, I have a, I have a, as people say, I have a motor. Um, when I do something, I go all in, um, whether it be a startup uh, or whether it be falling in love with my wife 22, 24 years ago, I guess. We, we dated for a couple of years before we got married. I go all in whenever I am passionate about something or someone. So it's my superpower, I would say. And so that tells you a little bit about me is that I started in technology, I stayed in technology, and I kind of went all the way through from the, the computer side to the fiber optics and got into satellite, got into satellite communications oh, funny cool. enough, um, in high consequence industries, as I like to call it, which basically is anywhere that is uh, high risk. So right. satellite satellites really um, one of those things that you don't realize has a lot of impact into how people communicate when they're building these off the grid environments like right. oil and gas sites and mining locations and agriculture and pipelines and solar farms, all these places that they, they don't build right there on the highway. And so right. communication, communications is an issue. So I got involved in that for 20 years um, during, during that wonderful career and it was very very fulfilling and i i love i loved 95 percent of it and i think that's as much as anybody could possibly say about their career nobody loves 100 percent of a of the career in anything but i really did enjoy it and during that time my wife and i were married we have uh, two kids you know 17 year old son that you and i were speaking about and uh he's going to be a senior this year and a 13 year old daughter now and uh, Yellowbird is my newest passion. I started it in July of 2019. Okay. Well, yeah. the, uh, the solution itself, let's start with uh, the problem and the solution. So you sure. could have done anything. 
after <laughs> this illustrious career, but you chose yeah. to do this. Uh, what, what's the, what would you, when you looked around, cause you, you, you probably studied and, and, mm-hmm. uh, looked at a lot of different things. And, uh, I remember the guys at, uh, hotels.com telling a story about going down to, uh, I think it was the Bahamas, might be Aruba, but basically they went down and they put 10,000 post-it notes up on the wall and of just, just crazy ideas, you know, and, and, it, and then it got it down to a number and then hotels.com was born out of that. Huh. And I thought, it you was know, fascinating. Now, I don't I, know if I saw any of that was true, but it was just a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic you know, origin story. Uh, well, it's funny. I was just going to say, that's a great origin story. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, my origin story is actually, it's an interesting origin story, but it's not a story. It's the reality. I, it, I, I haven't changed it at all. And I'll tell you exactly how, how it happened, which um, I was actually in an Uber going to uh, Dallas from Southern, uh, from, uh, from where did I live at the time? No, I was, I was here in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is where I live now. And I, I grew up in Southern California, which is why I made that mistake at first. Um, and in the Uber, the gentleman that was driving me was a senior officer in the military. And he was picking me up at my house at 530 in the morning in an Uber. And he was very articulate. He was very well-spoken. He got out of the car and grabbed my bag and handed me a, a bottle of water. And I was just so impressed with this guy, especially at 530 in the morning. And he was not a young guy. Um, and I, I said, well, what, how did you become an Uber driver? Again, this was several years ago. This must have been three and a half, four years ago. And his answer was, well, I retired from the military and I wasn't ready to sit on the couch. And I don't really know that many people in Phoenix because I moved up here from Chile and to be closer to be closer to my grandchildren. And as he put it, my grandbabies, I remember him saying my grandbabies, which is a, a, a nice uh, way of, of referring to his grandchildren. And he wanted to do something. So he said, I figured I'd drive. And I said, what, do you make any money doing this? And he starts laughing. He goes, I think it cost me money to drive the super. <laughs> and I'm like, he goes, but I, but I mean, I've always but wondered I mean, that. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, but I meet a lot of interesting people and, and I do it. And he had a, he had a full structure, right? He goes, I do, I wake up in the morning and I work out and then I go to a coffee shop and then I log in and I do this for five or six hours. And then I go home and I feel like I've accomplished something. And I'm like, you know, that's such a great gig for somebody who's retired. And I said, but somebody like him, who was a senior officer in the military, he tells me he had over 40,000 people reporting to him. My goodness. <laughs> okay. I mean, obviously not direct. He was high up. There, yeah, yeah you know, of course. Reports of reports. But, and now he's driving an Uber. And I'm thinking to myself, and there's nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. a man of his caliber and skills should be able to consult or do something to monetize his skills in a better way. And then I started pondering it. I was thinking about my next stage of life of after we sell the satellite business and, you know, Yellowbird came to me and the concept, it wasn't actually called Yellowbird. It was called Zip EHS is what I called it. Horrible name. I admit it. Uh, (laughs) But I, I had this idea and I was just, it was just bouncing around in my head. And the reason was because I knew the safety industry really well, because when you sell satellite, the number one sales pitch is what do you do if somebody gets injured? How do you call 911 or how do you get help if somebody's injured on a job site? And 
the quick answer to, for most people is that we have cell phones. It's like, okay, check your cell phone coverage. And if you don't have them, please contact us. And of course, every time they get out to these sites, they'd look at their phones, they wouldn't have anything. And they'd already be starting the clock on their day rate labor and all the rental equipment and everything. And they'd say, I need satellite as soon as I can get it. And that was basically, so I got to know that, that ecosystem very, very well. The, um, the challenge of, um, of safety, which is essentially, I have all these marrying parts with all these varying skills and all these talents that I need. And generally speaking in the industry, we have a safety guy in quotes. And it's usually one person who is responsible for hundreds and hundreds of various um, requirements, everything from fall protection on scaffolding to forklift and heavy equipment training to um, hazardous materials to CPR and first aid. I mean, if it has to do with health and safety of your employees, your safety guy in quotes or gal is responsible for it. And they're all overworked, underpaid, and just a scarce resource. And so I started thinking, you know what? This is an interesting idea for an on-demand gig economy model. And so that's how the old word was born. I love it. Okay, so so, and 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 just for the audience's sake, folks that have skills. Let's say I want to say retired, but let's just say folks that have skills. They've accumulated skills, 20, 30 years of skills. This is a way to leverage those skills and monetize those skills and those experiences. Um, and it's and it's a different kind of an ecosystem or marketplace where you can go and find experienced people. Absolutely. So what I look for when I say I, I mean, we giving you a little bit of a fast forward. We've raised we've raised capital. We've grown. We started with myself, and I always say two people and a goat. And now we have um, we have over 850 uh, professionals on the platform. We've got over 25 full time employees that work for Yellowbird, and we are in all 50 states. And so that's only in the last uh, two and a half years. And so um, what I say is if you have been involved even in an ancillary way to safety, we likely need you. So you could be a former firefighter who's retired, who firefighters are often trained hazardous materials training, uh, fire programs. They do the fire inspections. Uh, So that's under health and safety very often, uh, facilities management, things like that. You've got people who are involved. Um, maybe they were the safety person or responsible for safety at their company, and they've um, they've been educated enough that they could review documentation, or they could help do a loss control survey for an insurance company. If somebody says, "Hey, I need somebody to go out and do this inspection on our behalf," we're doing a lot of that kind of work, and it's it's very flexible, which is the best part about it. So the uh, the marketplace. Uh, concept and the uh, over 800 professionals that you have on there these are highly specialized again safety professionals um i could see this going a couple different ways where you know you you become the in-between between between two parties that need consulting done uh i can see this as a recruiting play you know this is a talent community and ultimately Mm -hmm. people want to hire you know uh, full-time or part-time or however they want to hire this is a way to then instead of searching LinkedIn, 
if you will. This is a this yeah. is a target rich environment of people that yes. are exactly what they want. So how do you and I I hate software categories. I just hate yeah. them. I despise yeah. the concept of software concept. But I also know that HR budgets and TA budgets have, you know, Excel rows and columns. So mm-hmm. how did how did how do you how does the buyer think of you? Such a great question. This is actually a unique question. I, I um, and I love it. So it's interesting. So there's there's three ways that people look at us. One, they look at us as a consulting company and says, "Well, I would either go to a temp agency or I'd go on LinkedIn and I'd try to find a consultant, or I'd go on Google and I'd type in, you know, environmental health and safety consultant, or maybe you type in something very specific like." I need a site supervisor for construction for six months, which happens a lot in construction. Uh, We do a ton ton of that kind of work. So that's kind of a consulting gig, right? And we kind of compete with that a bit, these independent consultants, but we really are a mechanism to finding them. The second way is a temp agency that people look at us and they say, "Um, I want to do a temp to hire structure. We're fine with that. And there's no fee. Unlike temp to hire, there's no lockout and there's no handcuffs. So if you use Yellowbird and you say, look, I want to to interview this person, see if they're a cultural fit and see if they're a fit in general, we require that that if they plan to hire full-time, that they engage them for 60 days. And that 60-day period allows them on all parties, it allows all parties to evaluate if this is a good match. Yep, try before you buy. Yeah, try before you buy. And that's actually what we call it, where... Um, and what I don't like about the temp to full-time model, generally speaking, is it's really challenging because let's say that you try before you buy in a temp to full-time, they generally have a nine month lockout period right. or, a, or right. a high, or a high penalty. And so on it's both either, sides, sometimes for both yeah. the candidate or employee or the talent, as well as the employer. So it, it, it's right. really punishing. It's it like, is. Uh, punishing for just no reason. And I think some of that, at least historically, comes down to kind of emotional stuff, like you're stealing our people. And it's like, well, they're not technically your people. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But it's really emotional because I know a lot of staffing folks. And I think historically it's been thought of as like, they're just, they're just, they're just they're just testing us out and then they will they'll go behind our backs and hire our people it's like well we're using really all the wrong words there <laughs> yeah scenario but you know you yeah, know and I, feel, and I actually and i actually feel for the staffing the the staffing folks the placement folks yeah in that in their model because they basically are an eat what you kill environment so That's they right. go and they're searching for the right candidate and they're looking around and they're doing everything they need to do. And they're, they're pre-interviewing and they get all this stuff done in advance. And maybe that takes them a month. Maybe that takes them six months, whatever it takes them, but that's, they're not, they're working for free at that point. And then if you're on a, they need to make their commission. Right. And so that model, which is not our model, but that model is basically, you know, you, you are locking in a commission so that you can't get circumvented. It's not really about stealing the people. In fact, they're welcome for you to steal the people as long as you pay the commission. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really don't care about you stealing the people. They care right. about trying to get around having to pay for it. That's right. That's and, exactly right. And for me, 
our model is, is that we onboard people at their own time. We interview them at their own time. We have these people that are willing to be available for work. And if some of those people want to get a full-time job and it's offered to them, we didn't have the model that is expecting the huge commission check. I mean, some of these, some of these fee structures can be 12, 12 months. So, you know, that's big. If somebody's making $70,000 a year, that's a $70,000 fee that you have to pay, or let's say it's 40%, you know, 50%, 35,000, it's thousands and thousands of dollars. And so it's punitive to the employee more so than even the employer, because they say, look, we're going to keep you on temp for nine months until this runs out, then we're gonna offer you something. But by the way, you don't get any benefits. You don't get your stock options. You don't get any of the internal employee benefits. So you're gonna be working here as a contractor without any benefits for nine months because we don't wanna pay 50% of your salary as a fee. And it just feels to me like there's a better way, but yeah. we're doing well, we're doing it differently. Well, it's, it's, it, there's a dirty, you almost wanna take a shower. After you, after you, <laughs> after you hear them all, it's like I, it just feels dirty. I just, uh, yeah. I just feel dirty after hearing all of that. So, <laughs> but I love. First of all, I love you know the. I talked to a, a gentleman earlier today, and he's in the kind of the in in. He does his staffing. It's a pure staffing play, but it's just for maritime logistics. Yeah, and, and okay. I told him, Great. I'm like, I absolutely love this play because it is laser focused you know everybody mm-hmm. in the industry everybody in the industry yep. knows you yep and so this yep. is this is something similar in the sense of taking safety professionals that have accumulated these skills uh through all of these experience worldwide lifetime experiences and basically saying there's a better way to interact with these folks they're here they are and now how would you like to interact with them you know, if, if it's full time, okay, well, that's great. If it's if it's a project or consulting, great, fantastic. If it's temp, and you want to do a, a bit, great, fantastic. But it's what I love about it is it's a what typically in our world what we call a talent community. Yes, uh, and so a talent pool, talent community, they get used kind of interchangeably. But it's 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 a rich it's like Stack Overflow for technologists or GitHub for technologists. Yeah, it's yeah. Similar to that, to that concept of you're putting these people together and then saying, okay, you know, now now what we've got is a wonderful community for you to interact with if you're looking for this talent, very 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 specific talent. Well, it's it's so interesting because. Um, I was thinking I actually was on a, uh, in a discussion like this um, earlier, and it was actually with an, on an insurance podcast because we do a lot of work with insurance companies. Um, and I was trying to give an example because everybody thinks that we're so specialized and we're such a unique niche. And, and I said to him, I said, okay, let's take a, let's take a traditional retail tire shop. And let's look at that from an example perspective. Okay. You've got, Uh, general public coming in. So you have slip, trip, and fall. You have general um, safety that you need to keep in place. Policies around people can go in the back or they can't go in the back. You need to make sure that the general general public is safe. Then you have lifting risks. So you're going to do ergonomics because people hurt their backs all the time. 
you've got high pressured equipment. And so you've got people that are doing what they call lockout tag out, which is essentially when you're doing maintenance on equipment, you need to make sure that you lock it out so that somebody doesn't go and flip a switch and electrocute Johnny down there. Um, so you've got the lockout tag out mechanisms that are going on. Then you have ergonomics and you have that. Then you have most places do oil changes. Well, if you're doing an oil change, you now have oil that's coming out. So you have hazardous materials. And then you have hazardous material distribution or disbursement. And how do you manage that? This is a three-man tire shop that I've just brought in five or six different specialties. <laughs> yep. And and you know how much budget they have for a full-time safety person if they could find somebody who could do all of this? Oh, zero. 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 They do zero. not they don't have the money for it. No, they, but, if they but they do, have the need. But oh yeah, they, well they it's in in some places it's not just the need it's compliance they there's yeah. laws <laughs> you know yep. regulated some of this like with hazardous material uh, I think it's the way that some of those folks would if it's like a let's say a, a brand and there's a region so then there's like you did with, earlier with you know the safety Todd. So mm-hmm. now Safety Todd has 180 stores that, he, that Safety Todd has to know right. <laughs> run, run through. How's that ever going to work? Like, come on, that's that's you know, you you, you put a bandaid on it, but it's uh, it's it's a it's a cut the size of the Grand Canyon. So good luck with that. Um, yeah, my it's it my my belief in in our model is is that I never want to replace anybody who's a full time employee. Right. I want to I want to make them into air traffic control, where the person who is running their environmental health and safety programs understands what they need because that's the most important piece. So I know I need a hazardous materials plan. I know I need ergonomics. I know I need this now. How do I access the best person for that particular job in that location? And that's where they go to go Yellowbird and they say, okay, I'm going to have somebody come out there for two days and do a forklift training. Forklift training is the most ubiquitous, scary, dangerous need that, that America has. I can't tell you how many people get killed or injured from forklifts every year because they don't have proper forklift training. And And I can give some firsthand experience because I drove a forklift for an entire summer when I was like 16, maybe 15. <laughs> and uh, let, let's just say that mistakes were made. We'll just uh, leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you a, a quick question, just to kind of a, a non sequitur, but I know the audience is going to be interested in, in sure. how, do you, how do you find, you know, on, on both sides of your, of your marketplace, how do you find uh-huh. new safety professionals? It's such, uh, you know, it's, and also it's how do you the, find clients that need safety professionals? It's the number one question that I get asked. And um, the good news is, and this is where I, I do agree that you're right. In the industry, there are specific organizations that focus around environmental health and safety. Um, and then there's subsets. So as an example, if you're an industrial hygienist, you're doing with airborne particulates like uh, asbestos in the air or, right. or dust or things like that, right? Um, bloodborne pathogens. It's all these weird nuanced stuff. So, but there's an industrial hygiene association. It's called AIHA. Or, um, in safety, there's BCSP, which is an association, which is a, the board of certified safety professionals. There's all these various associations and then there's subgroups. So when you start to know the ecosystem and the industry, um, you know how to advertise in the right places. You know how to be in the right at the right shows. Um, it it gets real small real quickly. 
Right. Um, so that's the main way that we find, you know, we add between 100 and 150 applications a week right now to the platform. Oh, um, yeah, it doesn't mean that they're all approved because right. to be honest, we are very discerning. Um, we look for soft skills, we look for capabilities, we look for, um, we look for, honestly, did they show up on time and were they courteous and were right. they professional, were they prepared? Because if I'm going to put somebody out under the yellow bird umbrella, we want to make sure that the end customer is going to have a great experience. Dumb question so, alert. Do you do yeah. uh, background checks? We do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. I say with safety, you almost have to. Yeah, we do. And we, um, you know, we're pretty open because we do believe in second chances. And so yep. um, there, it's not a, there are people who have had felonies and misdemeanors and so forth. We have certain lines we do not cross. And um, you could probably imagine what those are. And, <laughs> yeah, and, in the state line episode. Yep. Got uh-huh, it. Yep. Yep. Um, so we, there are certain things that I don't care if it was 10 years ago, if you're, if, right. if you're perceived as a child predator, you're not going to be on our platform at all, um, at all period. And, um, and we, we have a right to do that. Um, you know, there have been people who say, look, you know, everybody deserves second chances and I don't disagree with that. Um, but it's, it's too much of a risk for us to, right. to take that on. Again, you're dealing with safety, which is tethered to risk. So yes, yes. You, you can't increase your client's risk. You're trying to right. diminish their risk by bringing in expertise. Uh, Correct. So, I mean, yeah, like, the, the algebra doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I know you got. I know you got to get on to the next thing. So, last question: A year from now, when we have this mm-hmm. conversation, wh- what's different about Yellowbird? A year from now, we will have a subscription plan for HR, mm-hmm. um, and that is super exciting. It's going to be a platform that allows for the general small industry HR and large industry, but small industry specifically, HR people to have a phone a friend on speed dial where you can call in and say, look, we just got a notification of complaints from an ex-employee um, that they wrote a letter to OSHA. What do we do? Right. Or we just had somebody get injured on a site and uh, we made a claim to our insurance company, but what can we do to prepare for any investigation that we may have. Um, We need to do training three times, uh, four times a year, every quarter. Um, Do you have a subscription plan around uh, quarterly training? Which the answer would be yes. So that's where we'll be a a year from now is we're gonna have that level of service that allows for an arsenal of, at that point we should be 2,000 to 3,000 professionals available on demand. Um, that's at a much more reasonable cost than having to pay an average uh, salary of, I think the industry pays about 87 or $90,000 a year on average for a safety professional. I love it. I absolutely love what you've built and what you're building. And I I very much appreciate Michael. I appreciate your time and uh, educating our audience. Thank you so much for letting me come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone for listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.